Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the betting show here on Sherdog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan of the Sheehan Show, as you can see. Where is it? Up there. There. There you go. Uh, bringing you another uh, five bets for the week in the world of mixed martial arts. Shout out to everyone. Uh, last week's betting show, I think, I think it was the most watched betting show. If not, it was, it was right up there. And uh, I got all five bets wrong for, for the first time in, I think, months. Maybe it's happened once in the last maybe three or four months. But as luck would as, as luck would have it, uh, it was the biggest one. I uh, I pitched a shutout, as they would say. Is that that's the opposite of that? Is it? I don't know. Whatever it is, um, uh, I, I got a duck in it anyway. But uh, do you know what? We had some bets over in one championship and I think most of them came out so that was pretty good uh, there was a couple of underdogs I gave there as well so not a, a bad night uh, I think and I did suggest Makachev by submission as well so I uh, know we, we will uh, <laughs> we'll you know you know we will live we'll live to, to fight another day I suppose but as I always say better responsibly if you better responsibly last week you can bet responsibly again this week, so it's all uh, it's all good, and we'll carry on to uh, to this week's cards. Um, look, we've a Bellator card this week, we've a UFC card this week. Very uh, another very big night for Europe, I would say. Obviously, a lot of European fighters over in uh, Milan. I think the, the Bellator card is on, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and obviously, we have uh, Arnold Allen in the uh, in the main event in the UFC as well. So a big night, and do you know there's a couple of very, very good fights and a couple of very good fighters. Obviously, uh, you know, kind of shared between the cards. So, you know, if you wake up on, uh, on Sunday morning maybe and you want to watch an amalgamation, you could probably pick out, you know, five or six very, very good fights from, from these two cards. And that's kind of what I've done here. I think I've picked uh, my bets from maybe the pick of the fights over the weekend so we can kill two birds with one stone there. We can watch the fights that are good. And also the fights that we bet on. So what's not to uh, what's not to love about that? Um, let's get into it. So and uh, first bet of the week, uh, I'm going. I'm starting at the, at the main event of the UFC, and I'm going for Arnold Allen to win straight up at minus one thirty. And this is a fight I've thought a lot about over the last couple of days here. Uh, I was talking to uh, over on the Severe Met podcast with Graham about it at the weekend, and we were kind of torn, I suppose, on how this fight would go and who would who would win, and just giving a little bit more thought to it. Maybe obviously thinking about who uh, to give the the bet to, you know. You could really go either way here. There's definitely a convincing argument for Cater to win. There's definitely a convincing argument for Arnold Allen to win. The the one difference I think, and, and I've said this for the last couple of Arnold Allen fights, and I've been right. Um, and I, I maybe I'll get into it a little bit more the, the rest of the fight but his strength is such a big component of Arnold Allen it's like and I know his father is like you know he's in the strong man or a weightlifter whoever it might be and I'm sure that helps I'm sure that you know the stock is there but also the training the ability to, to add that strength to your game I'm sure is there as well from his father but he has it. He is. He looks. You know. I don't know. Is naturally strong. The the right word in terms of. I'm sure he's put in a lot of effort uh, into becoming that strong, as well as being a naturally strong guy. But for a guy who, you know, doesn't maybe look that way. Uh, you know, if you if you saw him walking down the street, by God, all his fights really show that. And it's something in MMA that we maybe don't. Uh, acknowledge or talk about as much anymore because MMA has always been that sport where oh you know the the technique will win the, the 
the uh, you know the, the smaller guy will beat the bigger guy because he has better technique and it's uh, MMA is all about technique and you know it, it absolutely is if you've better technique than, than someone you'll have to be a lot 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 bigger and stronger than for that to actually make a difference but what about when your technique is equal to someone else and you have the ability to wrestle, strike, grapple as well as everyone else. Then can strength play a factor? I think it absolutely can. I think Aaron Lannan is one of those guys where it does and where it does show because he is very good also in, in other areas. So, like, let's say um, Aaron Lannan has, has the fight, you know, there's a break kind of, and, and uh, from a takedown and the fight ends up against the cage. Like nine times out of ten or more, probably Aaron Lallan is winning that battle. Like if there is an over under position, and even if he's on the bad side of it, he's winning that battle. Like the Sadiq Yusuf fight, I think was a very very good example of that. A guy who's very very strong himself, Nick Lins, a guy who's very strong himself. Like I, I think a lot of people have talked in on uh, Arnold Allen and say, oh, you know, maybe he he doesn't not that he doesn't deserve the title shot, but he hasn't got the big win maybe to earn it. And maybe you know, Cater might be that obviously, but. You see some of the guys he's fought, the two guys I just mentioned there, but also the likes of Mads Brunel and, and others as well down uh, down along the list. Guys who are ferociously technical, but ferociously strong as well. And what does Aaron Allen do? He goes in and out techniques most of these guys, all of these guys, and out strengthens most of all of these guys. And I really think it's a massive factor in his game to, you know, so some people use their cardio as a weapon. Some people use, you know... Their, uh, their, uh, you know, like Darren Elkins, his ability to take shots is almost a weapon. But strength is usually a thing we don't actually see as a weapon a lot of the time. And I think for Aaron Allen, it, it definitely is without a shadow of a doubt. Now, on the fight itself, uh, I think that'll actually be a huge factor because I think there'll be a lot of clinching and a lot of attempted takedowns, if not successful takedowns, in this fight. And now, I, I, I even mean kind of. If there, and I'll talk about striking in a second, but like even if there is, um, you know, someone throws a big overhand, someone dips inside it, and you kind of get caught in the middle of the cage, you know, that position that always, you know, one, someone's overhand catches someone else's jab and they get caught in a clinch in the middle of the cage, there might be a trip or someone might fall or someone might, you know, get hit and stumble or might be a leg kick and someone might stumble and the fight ends up on the ground. I think this is the sort of fight where that will happen a lot and there will be lots of scrambles, lots of lads just either quickly popping back up to their feet or someone even either diving on them and there's a prolonged period on the ground or someone going to the cage and there's a plunk period against the cage and now if that happens over five rounds that strength plays a massive part and that's why I think it's such a big part when you think about this fight <laughs> I think uh, look I think if this is a straight out um, jabbing boxing match in the middle of the cage I think Calvin Cater would be favouring that fight Re- I, re- I really do I, I now having said that uh Aaron Allen's very good in that position as well and beat mo- beats most guys there, but I have an awful lot of respect for Cater. I think he's very, very good in that position and will beat, I think, most guys in that position. But you have to turn it into something more. I think if Arnold Allen can hold his own in that position when it's there and not let it, you know, let's say there's 25 minutes of a fight. If, it, if there's 23 minutes of boxing from the outside, he's goosed. You know, it's very, very difficult to win that fight. Now, he might, obviously, uh, because he can fight there as well. But I think he needs it to turn into where it's maybe 10 minutes of that. And then some of the, what I spoke about a second, the groundwork, the transitions, the clinch. But what also, like, you need, I think Arnold Allen needs to have long periods of almost unknown striking. And what I mean by that is, 
um, you push your opponent back, you push Cater back, you don't let him get into a place where he wants to get, where it's jabbing, where it's throwing the one-twos, where it's throwing his his lovely combinations that he can do, or throwing his lovely leg kicks that he can throw and things like that. And even when he does throw him, I think you need to create uh, a spot after that where there's not necessarily dirty boxing in the old term we know it, but kind of dirty inside throwing big overhands across, just making it kind of non-conformist, if you want to put it that way. Don't conform to his technical game. Make it a bit dirty. You know, for all intents and purposes, make it a, a dirty kind of fight in that striking realm. Now, if it's on the ground or maybe up against the cage, I would say, obviously, you know, uh, treat it a little bit differently. Be more controlling, be more uh, attacking, maybe even um, with, your, with your grappling or maybe your, your finishing there. But I think Alan needs to do that. Now, I think he has very good cardio as well, and he's a guy who kind of you know, can go along and can find um, can find a, a second wind. I think it'll do him a lot of good. The fact that, what, four of his last five fights have gone to three-round decisions. This is five rounds now, absolutely, and he's never gone the five rounds. So that is definitely a big challenge. And it's interesting to see how he will change that. I would suggest clinches, you know, being a, a big factor in his game early, and I really think that will help him. So, like, I think he can achieve all of those things I just talked about. And if he does, I think he'll win the fight. Now, if he doesn't, and as I said, if he uh, if he lets it become or Cater is su- uh, successful in keeping it a long distance striking battling match, I think he'll be a big favorite Cater in that. But I, I don't think it will, right? And I think even if it does, I think Alan still has a chance. But he also has a chance to. It can be two rounds of that, and come the third, fourth, and fifth, he can change it to his game he can make adjustments to to win the fight I might be wrong now I, I could be totally wrong here and I know you know if uh, Tyson Charty is his coach and Calvin Cater listening to this they're probably saying what are you talking about but I, I think there's more kind of uh, one way that Cater can win this fight and there's lots of different ways Alan can win this fight now his one way of winning the fight is, is a pretty good way considering how good he is uh, in that realm but um yeah, I'm going for Alan. I'm going for Alan because because of all those reasons suggested. And look, if the cardio holds up, if the strength advantage is there, and if he can turn it into that dirty sort of fight when he needs to, uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's there for him, and I think it's a very winnable fight. And I like that price, you know, minus 130. Uh, let me just check in it again. I, I looked up these prices earlier on today. Let's see if it's changed any bit. Um He's actually he's minus one twenty now, but it's you know some places minus one thirty. I see minus one fifteen actually. One, I'm sorry, minus one ten in one place as well. So you know he's it's dead even in in one place here, Cater and Allen. So very very even betting. Uh, if you want to wait on maybe to later, I'm not sure which way it'll go. Uh, Allen was definitely further and more of a favorite um, over the last day or two. But still very much, you know, we're a couple of days out still, so we'll see how, I suppose, that betting goes. But as we say, minus 120, minus 130, right about now, I I like that price. Right, we'll go to bet number two for the day, and I'm going to head over to Bellator here. Um, The second bet for today, uh, I'm going for Saul Rogers in his fight over at Bellator. Um, And he is, let me just check in, he's minus 400 in that fight, but it's... (sighs) It's a very he's fighting Tim Wilde. So if anyone knows Tim Wilde, he's been around for a good while now. He's thirty five years of age. Um, 
He had a draw last time out with Alfie Davis, who we'll actually be speaking about uh, in a second. He's some very, very good wins over the last while. Beat Charlie Leary, beat Eves Landu. Hasn't been fighting loads, I suppose. That Charlie Leary fight was back in 2019. Uh, and he's only had, you know, he's fighting 2021 fight last year in May. So it, it is, uh, sorry, it's fight this year in May. So he's not too long out of the cage after that Alfie Davis fight. But I just feel like if you look, if you look at Wilde, and you look at, at, look, especially his last loss against Bryn Primus, I think Sal Rogers will try to fight a similar way. You know, we know Sal fighting out of uh, SBG Manchester, nine submission wins, one knockout. So we, we know what kind of a, a, a guy he is, take the fight to the ground, beat you there. He beat Georgie Carcanyon last time out with a very, very solid performance. Um you know, lost to Mads Burnell before that, but sure, lots of people lose to Mads Burnell. He's a very, very good fighter. But I just feel like in this one, it's going to be a relentless pace again. And it's going to be relentless takedowns, I think, from from Saul Rogers here. And I think he can get... And like uh, My breakdown of this is pretty simple, if I'm being honest. I think he can come forward, maybe hurt... Well, not necessarily hurt Wild inside, but land on Wild inside take him down and win the fight on the ground. And, I, okay, it's a it's a, a relatively big price, minus 400, but maybe it's one you're trying to accumulate or if you're doing a few, uh, maybe of even these bets that I'm giving you here now. I, I think it's a very, very good one. Like, Saul Rogers is the type of guy who, 32 years of age, you know, he had his, the world at his feet a while back. He was, you know, he was in the UFC. He, he was in the, the final at tough, wasn't he? Yeah, he'd beaten... Like look, look at the. I'm just looking at it here. The, the guys he beaten in in the UFC, um, uh, Paulo Bor, Billy, Billy Cornetilla, Ryan Hall, and Martin Varsic, all the, the last three of which anyway have all gone on to have very very good careers uh, in and outside of the UFC. And you know he was, I think he had visa issues or something, couldn't get over, couldn't get uh, to make his UFC debut, and ended up never fighting in the UFC. Obviously went uh, to, uh, I think he fought in ACB after that, and obviously went to Bellator then, and has, you know, he's had mixed results in Bellator. I think I'm just looking at here three and two in Bellator, but I think he's a better fighter than that, and a guy who maybe after that Carcanyon win, um, and obviously um, if you're a if you're a Bellator fighter and you beat Charlie Carcanyon, you're always going to move yourself forward. And he needs to win this one, I think, to put himself back in with someone like Carcanyon. Bellator have been doing this an awful lot. They did it with um, uh, with uh, Pedro Carvalho. He beat, who did he beat? He beat Daniel Vichel, didn't he? And then, they, you know, a big win over a big name, a big Bellator name, people known, you know, uh, Saul Rogers lost to Daniel Vichel as well. A very, very good uh, name, a very good fighter for Bellator for a long time. In Dublin, I was at the fight. It was the night where all the Irish guys lost, basically, except him and a, a few more in the undercard. But he he emerged as the star. He was the one that came up to the media afterwards and gave the best interview and all of this. And the crowd really, you know, sprang for him and everything. And then they gave him an up-and-comer in Russia, you know, in which he got a very, very close decision and ended up losing. It's like, what are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you doing, Bellator? Um... This is a little bit like that, although you can you can understand it for the market it's in. You know, absolutely, it's well, it's in the European market. I would say you can maybe understand if it was in Manchester or if it was in Birmingham or London or somewhere in Italy. Maybe maybe not, but these guys are trying to get fights in there. One fight as well, so you know I can understand it. But it's the type of fight that Saul Rogers needs to win to get back 
uh, into the picture and I think he will win it I think he will I think that wrestling will be enough uh, to get him the win here so minus 400 Saul Rogers uh, is the second bet of the week the third bet of the week is the aforementioned Alfie Davis now Alfie is a tough fight here he's taking on Thibaut Guti and it is <laughs> you know it's a fight I've gone, kind of gone back and forth on so Alfie is minus uh, sorry plus 121 so he's the underdog here uh, is Alfie you know I, he hasn't had the best time over the last while, but I still believe in his ability. His ability. He drew, obviously, I mentioned with, with uh, Tim Wilde. He lost to Alexander Shabley before that, but he had some great wins in a row. Coney Wanless, Alexander Botto. Uh, he beat Daniel Scatese in Dublin. I was at that fight. Scatese's on this card uh, as well. And do you know what? He's a very, very good, well-rounded fighter. And at 30 years of age, kind of now is his time, I suppose, to, to prove that. Gucci, 35 years of age, I think is a very, very, very similar fighter. Um, he's on a 4-5 win streak, one of which, the last of which was uh, in Bellator against Lu Long. Uh, I remember watching that fight, it was, a, it was a good performance by him. Obviously, he was in the UFC and, you know, he lost to, to Sage Narcot, Nazareth Hakparas and, and a few others there as well. I don't know if I said it there a second ago, but I meant to say very similar fighters, the two of them. I just think, but well-rounded, um, effective, good outside strikers who can come in and take you down if they need to take you down. You know, um, Guti has, has six submissions and six KOs. He can, So he can fight on the ground as well as standing up. You know, uh, of the eight finishes that Alfie Davis has, it's five and three, you know, spread out through uh, knockouts and, and submissions. And fighting at London two fighters, well, you know he's going to be well-prepared. I think the one different, and I, I watched, I've watched loads of Alfie Davis over the years, but I went to Mac and I watched some Thibaut Goatee just before this. And I think the one difference here might be that five years of youth that Alfie Davis has on Goatee. And I think that speed advantage, if it's there for Alfie Davis, now it's very hard to tell, looking at two lads separately, when they go in there, it might be very, very different. And we, we always hear that in, in different combat sports, you know, you can't really tell the speed advantage till speed goes against speed. But to me, it looks like Alfie Davis could be the faster man. And I think if it turns into the fight I'm expecting it to be, which is kind of a, not necessarily an outside fighting match, with both lads coming in fast from the outside to land their strikes and getting back to the outside again, if Davis can take that initiative, be first and be faster, I think I think he can win this fight. It's a very, very tough fight. It's a very, very tough fight. Because you look at, you look at Guti and... I think he probably hits harder than Alfie Davis. Um, uh, if he if he threw ten shots and you added them all up, his ten shots would probably be harder than the ten shots Davis threw. If you get me, maybe one shot Davis can hit very very hard. There's no doubt about that. May, so may, maybe with that, maybe with Davis would hit harder. But I think the accumulation would be better from Guti. So I think the key here really is for Davis to kind of stop that accumulation from happening and accumulate shots yourself. And if he does that, if he can do that, if he can, if he can be first, if he can push that pace, if he can break the kind of the forward pressure of Guti, and that's not even forward pressure, it's just maybe the forward momentum or the, the landing first when he goes forward of Guti, I think he can win the fight. It's a tough one. It's a very, very tough one. But this is, it's a massive fight as well because, you know, you, you drew your last one, you'd lost the one before that. You, you know, I, I think... Um, Alfie Davis was seen as a guy who they wanted to push you know he was supposed to fight um, Miles Price after Miles Price 
beat Peter Queeley in that massive fight they had in Ireland, you know, where the, the crowd are really behind him and all. And they wanted to make Davis kind of the next guy and, and maybe get him a win uh, over Miles and, and push him that way. And to get that position back, you must win this fight. So for, you know, for Alfie Davis, for Saul Rogers, I'm picking him. I, I believe they'll win. I believe they're the better fighters uh, at this point in their careers. But I also think they have to step up. Massive fights for both of them, and uh, yeah, I'm going for both of them here. But in in this bet, I'm going for uh, I'm going for Alfie Davis to uh, to take it at plus one two one. Right, my third bet from Bellator and my fourth bet overall, and then I pop back to the UFC for the flyer of the week. But the third bet um, is Costello Van Stenis, and Costello. You're probably thinking Costello Van Stenis. Uh, how do I know that name? <laughs> and he's fighting Camille uh, Onishuk. I should have asked my Sean, uh, my my, uh, sh- my friend Sean Dinny about the pronunciation of that one before I came in here. But my, minus two fifty as well. I think that price is actually shortening a little bit. So let me just check here again. It, it he was around minus three hundred when I checked first. Uh, yeah, he's still at minus two fifty here. This line has gone from. Um, it's gone from actually minus one nine five to minus three fifty ish. Uh, what is it? What was it? Minus, or sorry, minus one two seventy five. I think it was. Now into minus two fifty. It's it's a line that's all over the place, and I can understand it in a way. But as I said, if you're probably thinking who's who's Costello Vancinas again, he's that guy who beat Fabian Edwards, who we'll talk about in a, in a minute. Uh, back in 2020, in September, in that obviously very close uh, decision uh, in Milan again. And he hasn't been seen since. I think he got an injury and, and he was out for a while. But, um, you know, he was on a great run before that. Okay, he lost to John Salter, but he beaten Mike Shipman, beat Chris Honeycutt, Kevin Fryer as well, and, and, and was on a great run uh, in Bellator after uh, after signing with them. And looks a very, very, very good fighter, 13 into a great record as well, only 30 years of age. And can fight all around, you know, can fight on the ground, is great wrestling and is a, is a very, very good striker as well. Two years out of the cage is the interesting part for me. And I think that's why this line is probably as as close as it is. Although you're looking at, you know, minus 200, or minus 250, sorry, maybe coming down as, uh, to minus 200. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not exactly a small price, but it's not a big price either. So, I look, I look at this fight. I, I watched some of Camille. And I think the way he fights... Is very much a, a kind of a big man game. Costello Van Stenis is uh, is six foot one. Camille six foot three, and fighting uh, in the uh, it, 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 this is at middleweight, I believe, isn't it? Fighting that one hundred and eighty five pounds division, um, it's it's the sort of fight where that size won't make as much of a difference. To him here as it did previously. I actually think Camille, I'm just looking at here, he did fight a welterweight. So he's coming up from welterweight where the six foot three is obviously a a massive, massive factor, uh, uh, you know, compared to what it will be now. I watched his last fight against uh, Vladimir Fedin. And let me just check his height for you now. 5'9". There you go. So that makes a lot of a difference. And he, you know, he fights that way. He fights very, very, uh, very, very tall. He's go- still going to have the lint advantage, still going to have the height advantage uh, here over Costello. But I just think, like, if you watch Costello Vancinas and you know the way he fights, it, he can fight long, but he can come in and he can hit that body inside. He can go for those takedowns. He can push you against the cage. But he can fight smart with his jab to kind of, I think, take away that height advantage, especially... 
if you're used to, I suppose, making it, you know, being the, and I, I don't mean disrespectfully anyway, being the bully in there against smaller guys, I don't think he's going to do that to Costello Van Steenis. And if he can't, I think it's a fight that, you know, in your in your big first big fight uh, in Bellator against a guy who is, you know, right up there towards the, the very, very top. Now, he has fought in, in Babylon, Nacy, and other places. No, by no means small shows, but Bellator might be a different level. Again, we saw, you know, the, the crowds in Italy recently have been absolutely insane altogether. It's it's a whole different kettle of fish. And if there's any bit of panic there at all and you're fighting a guy like Casella Vanzinas, I think it's going to go pretty badly wrong. Now, having said that, all this is predicated. If you believe two years and if you believe that's going to be an issue, I would suggest don't take this bet at all. But watching both of them, watching tape back on both of them, I, I do give Costello the big advantage. And if he is near his best, I think he will win this fight. So, yeah, all in all, I, I like that price at uh, minus 250 for Costello Van Stienis. Right, the flyer of the week. I think, do you know what? It, it's, uh, it's an interesting one because... I'm going for, for, I'll tell you first of all, I'm going for Kelly Roundtree Jr. to win by TK or K on round one, and that's at plus 550. Um, Kelly, <laughs> you know, he's fighting Dustin Jacoby, and, you know, first of all, just on Jacoby, you know, 18 and 5, 11 KOs uh, from himself. And he's the type of fellow who goes for it early as well. Knocked out Da Young Jung in the first round. Knocked out Darren Stewart in the first round. Knocked out Justin Lede in the first round. So he's not the type of fighter who stands back and waits for you. You know, he will go for you. Now, he's a few longer fights as well and a few decisions. Don't get me wrong. I'm not just saying he's a, a one-shot, one-round wonder or anything like that. But he is the type of fighter who will open up. So if you're back in the first round knockout and you're back in Dustin or you're back in Khalil, I can see the logic behind it, put it that way. On Khalil... Do you know what? He's one of those guys that, at his best, if he turns up at his best, he can beat almost any light heavyweight in the world. And I, I genuinely mean that. Almost any. Now, maybe not maybe not Prachka, you know, maybe not the very top of the top of the top. But he's beaten Paul Craig, you know? He has a win over Paul Craig. He has some go- very good wins. He beaten Eric Anders last time out, beating Carl Robertson. Absolutely destroyed the, the leg of Modestus Pukowskis, who's great to see he's coming back. Uh, Cage Warriors, uh, I think, is it next week's card? It's on the, an upcoming card, and we'll, we'll be previewing that card as well. Uh, the Cage Warriors card next week, so so uh, keep an eye out for that. But uh, honestly, on his day, Kelly Roundtree can, can beat anyone. And I, I really think, like, so if you look back at his wins over the last while, he hasn't had that first round knockout since when was it back against Gokan Saki back in 2018, you know, against the, you know, a kickboxer who is, you know, probably shouldn't have been fighting MMA at that stage. But um, I, I think it's going to be a little bit different in this one because of the reason I just gave uh, about Jacoby, where he will come out and he will land, he will throw shots too. If, uh, and I, like, I, I don't think he's, either of these guys are the type of guys to hide away. They'll go out and they'll either go with their shield or on it. And, I, I really, I think either way, I was looking for a flyer, so we'll get into the bets in a second and maybe just look at the first round knockout uh, or, or an early knockout or whatever it might be, but I, I was picking one out. And I do think it, this is, this has big early knockout written all over. Now, cue, <laughs> cue a boring three-round decision after I said that, but I, 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 can, I can really see that here. And my, my big point as well on round three is, as I said, he can turn up, he can be in anyone he's there. Will he turn up though? 
Will if he doesn't turn up, this bet you know we could tear it up and we could throw it out the window, no problem. But if he does turn up, this plus five fifty first round KO looks an absolute steal of a bet, an absolute steal of a bet. So let's see. If this is what a flyer is intended to be. The flyer, the bet, are, is he going to tr- turn up? Is he going to throw those hands? Is his opponent going to throw those hands? And which one of them is going to get knocked out? Well, my plus 550, my money will be on Khalil Rauncher to get that knockout and to win in the first round. So there you go. Right, let's run through some of the bets so from uh, from both of those cards. Let's start with the uh, with Bellator first. Uh, the main event, uh, Piccolati against Barnois. Um, very interesting fight. Obviously, uh, you know, Piccolati's been fighting now in, in Bellator for uh, for a while. Uh, Barnois is is just moving over. A lot of people think a lot of him. A um, lot of experience as well. Twenty three fights. You look at you know Piccolati. I mentioned Georgie Carcanyon. <laughs> he he has that win over Georgie. Seems like Georgie's been giving up a few lately, though. In fairness, but I I think you look at Piccolati. He's kind of fallen at that hurdle every time. Fell against Benson Henderson. Fell against uh, Guy Yamauchi uh, before that. Lost to David Rickles. You know, lost to Sydney Outlaw. This is another big fight for him. And if you look at Banois, he hasn't been losing. He hasn't. He hasn't lost. Uh, I mentioned in one of the shows during the week. Hasn't lost to, since he lost to uh, Gamrat and Bushinger. I believe that was in the mi- middle of Bushinger's big like ten fight win streak or something, wasn't it? Uh, back in 2015-16 when he lost those two fights, and even before that, he was on a four fight win streak. How you know? I, I I'm not gonna lie. I don't know him as well as other people may may, may know him. Went back and watched a couple of fights, and by God, you know, flying knees and big submissions and everything like that. There's no doubt, and he's a very very good fighter. Uh, if I was given a free bet here and who to back at those prices, I'm going with Barnois as the favourite. I see him here minus 138 in one place, right around minus 140, minus 145. I think that's a good bet in him. Now, the other big fight on Bellator, Charlie Ward against um, Fabian Edwards. <coughs> Fabian minus 450, minus 500 in one place. Charlie around plus 350 to, to plus 300. Look, Charlie, if Charlie's to win this fight, I really think he needs to get that wrestling going as well as he's ever gotten it going. He has to. He has to get that wrestling on. I think if he fights, and or not even just the wrestling on, he needs to get inside against Fabian and make it a close fight. He can't lead Fabian, fight from the outside, throw those high kicks, throw those leg kicks, throw those body kicks, throw that long jab and the one-twos. He has to get inside. And if you look at what Charlie has been doing recently, he has been doing that. There's no, no doubt about it whatsoever. You look... I was watching a friend of mine is actually uh, knows Charlie's um, uh, strength and conditioning coach and he keeps sending me these videos of Charlie's strength and conditioning coach putting up things Charlie's in the best shape of his life best way cut he's ever had looking unbelievable and this is from weeks and weeks out so there's no doubt about it like Charlie's uh, training with Kieran Daver now who you know everyone here in Irish MMA is talking about being you know one of the best up and coming coaches obviously training still out of SPG and all that but Honestly, I don't think Charlie has ever been as well prepared for this for a fight, or probably you know maybe never will be again. But that that's a that's a weird thing to say. If, if he wins this, I'm sure he will be. But um, it's a very tough fight. It's a very 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 tough fight. It's one of those ones. Look, if you're looking at minus five hundred for Fabian, you're not going to be betting on it anyway. I don't think is plus three hundred plus three fifty big enough to take a chance on Charlie. Oh, I don't know. I I don't know. I definitely one of the ones I'd advise uh, avoid anyway. But uh, 
it's a very interesting fight. It's an it, you know the betting lines don't suggest it, but the way Charlie's been fighting recently, the um, changes that he he has made, I think it's going to be a closer fight than that. Now I've been someone uh, uh, you know who's advocated for Fabian Edwards as a very very good fighter for a very very long time, and he's right there towards a Bellator title shot at the moment, but. Interesting fight, very interesting fight. Um, spoke about Saul Rogers, Tim Wilde, obviously. Andrew Fisher, Justin Gonzalez, Fisher plus two forty. It wouldn't be the first. Uh, it wouldn't be the first shock that Fisher has won in his life. But at minus three hundred, uh, you favour Gonzalez there. Uh, Tome against Kamadov minus eight hundred for Kamadov. Uh, so you can probably guess in that one. Alfie Davis plus one twenty one, as we mentioned, minus one fifty one for Guti. We talked about that. Daniel Skatizi against D- Davy Gallon minus two hundred five for Gallon plus one sixty five for Skatizi honestly I, I and like Galan I, I see him here minus 161 in one place uh, I expected him to be a bigger favourite than that if I'm being honest I thought this would be the minus 250 sort of range I probably bet Galan at that but I don't think Skatizi is without his chance you know obviously training out of SPG Ireland here as well but yeah I, I think Galan is the, is the right favourite in that if, I, if I'm being honest Pinchon Marancanti uh, plus 200 for uh, Manuela and Pinchot is minus 225. Uh, Islandu back again minus 205 favour against Walter Coglandiero at plus 175. Simon Biong, a lot of people talking about him. Very, very good prospect. Minus 430 against Dragos Zubko who is plus 330. Uh, oh, I'd go for Biong there. Obviously, Mancinas as well. We talked about that one. Then we have Nicola Scioli. Um trains a lot alongside Conor McGregor I believe so has you know a very good preparation over the last few years plus 105 minus 135 for Bubakar Kamara who you know we've seen around uh, and the local scene here as well and Luke Trainer is on this big big favourite minus 700 another big um, uh, prospect coming through against the uh, plus 500 Lucas Alcina as well so I think that's mostly for not all the, the fights there on Bellator then in the UFC um, Chase Hooper interest in minus 275 against Steve Garcia uh, look I would never ever advise anyone to bet in Chase Hooper if I'm being honest he was pretty good the last time out he did show improvement Steve Garcia 12 and 5 uh, you know has uh, lost two of his last three one of which was to you know to Luis Pena the other uh, his only win was Charlie Antiveros he knocked him out Um his losses here as one submission loss. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would avoid this one again. I'm not, I wouldn't bet, I, I wouldn't advise you to bet on Jess Hooper. Would I advise you to bet against him when a guy is plus 231? Probably, <laughs> probably. Uh, Park against Holmes. Park, the favourite there, minus 222. Plus one eight seven for Holmes there. Andrew Arlovsky is back in. He's the underdog. You know, let's see what price Arlovsky is by decision, uh, which is always a good one to bet on. Plus two seven five. Probably, probably go with that. Just a fight to go to the decision. Minus one thirty. There you go. There's your bet. Minus one thirty. Haas versus Delidza. Interesting fight here. Uh, did it just is that has that bet changed uh it it has i was looking at this yesterday it's got it's gone from minus 135 maybe it hasn't gone that quickly now but it was minus 135 back in october the 9th and now it is uh plus 137 so Dalidza has gone from the favorite to the underdog minus 157 for hawes Again, Haas is one of these guys you don't know which one is going to turn up. If he turns up, he'll win. If he doesn't, 
the Lidza could be a good price there. Uh, you know, obviously we talked about Roundtree and Jacoby. Uh, Treshawn Gore was impressive there in a recent fight. Josh Frimmed, he's the favourite. Minus 161, Treshawn Gore minus 141. I haven't got a great read on either of them yet, if I'm being honest. Probably avoid that one as well. Uh, Jared Vandera, I backed him the last time out. He let me down. I won't be backing him again. Even though he's plus one six seven, minus one nine two for Waldo Cortez Acosta. Very interesting fight between Max Griffin and Tim Means. Uh, Max Griffin minus one seventy two, plus one forty two for Means. Look, Means is a very hard out. Can Griffin keep going for three rounds to beat Means in that? Means in in that sort of fight. I think he probably can at this stage of means his career, so I would probably advise to bet on Griffin at that price there. Uh, and in the main event, Allen against Cater, minus 120, minus 110 in some places for Allen, uh, plus 100 for Calvin Cater. Now, I was looking at this fight to go to decision, minus 120 straight up as well. I like that an awful lot. An awful lot I like that. And it's the same price as Aaron Allen to win straight up. You know, one of the two of those bets. If you fancy Allen inside the distance, go for that. If you don't, just to go to the decision, either guy can win at minus 120. You'll be no, there'll be no giving out about judges. <laughs> then you'll be like, grand, whoever wins, fine. Um, if you fancy the Allen Chaotico plus 475 interest, and I, I don't think I'd go for that, plus 285 for Cater, uh, TKO KO. Allen submission plus 900. Wow, that's a big one. Plus uh, 20. Uh, t- plus 2000 for Cater by submission that Allen by submission plus 900 might be a bad flyer that might be a bad flyer also some very interesting bets there um, I'll just recap my bets before we go Allen minus 130 minus 120 uh, ish now Saul Rogers plus, uh, sorry minus 400 Alfie Davis plus 121 Casella Van Sinas minus 250 and Khalil Rountree Jr. to win by the first round in the first round by TKRKO at plus 550. Those are my five bets for the week. I hope we have a better week than last week. We can't have much uh, worse than we had anyway. So uh, let me know your bets in the comment section below. Um, tell a friend. I leave it there. My name is Sean Chien for Shardog.com, and I'll see you all next time.